Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. So we're busy watching this movie and essentially the plot line. Do you notice how many rom-coms are up for Oscars this year? Absolutely none. It's, there's, there's something to that. But, um, so we're watching this romantic comedy and um, you know, it's this lady, she's leaving town. Her friend is coming to look after her little boy and uh, she'll be away for a week. So what she does is she like pre-makes all the meals. There we go. Well done. I can see another, another wonderful husband right there. Right. And uh, she pre-makes all the meals for this, for this week away. And she like freezes them, puts them in the fridge, all that sort of stuff. And at the first meal, this guy looks at this food that's been made. He looks at the kid that he's got to look after. He looks at the kid and he says, are you allergic to Mexican food? Kid's like, no. He opens up the bin, throws the meal in the bin and walks away. And as he walks away, my wife turns to me and she's like, you see, all men are the same. <laughs> That's it. The next time I go away, I'm not cooking for you guys at all. Because this is what happens. Now, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm, I'm like, I'm just watching a movie. <laughs> like I didn't do anything. <laughs> but isn't it so true? And when it comes to our lives, we often envision a future that hasn't happened yet. And we're even mad about a future that hasn't happened yet. And it's like we live ourselves into these spaces because we have like um, transported ourselves into a world that has not happened just yet. And I believe that life can be quite tough when we view the future through the lens of uncertainty. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Vanna did such a great job of speaking into uncertainty. If you missed that by, by any chance, jump onto our YouTube channel and go and, um, and, go and just watch, watch his message on uncertainty. It was brilliant. Um, and as most of you who are sitting here today know, as a church, we're going through some transitions. We're going through some changes. And as a result, that can create some uncertainty. And that's never nice. <laughs> that's never comfortable. And maybe right now, this church is a bit of a metaphor to your life. That you're going through some changes. You, there's, there's, some, there's some things coming up, some processes coming up in the future that, that you don't know how they're going to pan out. You don't know how they're going to work out. And as a result, there's this uncertainty that is going on inside of you. Bless you. And again, you see, you guys and ladies, the truth be told, uncertainty in your life and in my life often leads to insecurity, leads to, to anger, leads to resentment. And all of these things are ultimately just birthed in fear, isn't it? Fear, this, this fear of the unknown, this fear of what might come. And again, we just call that 
uncertainty. And what we do in these moments, I believe, really matters. <laughs> I believe it really, really matters. Because it's in these moments that we can either get hung up on that uncertainty, we can either dive headfirst into our fears, we can either look at it and go, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, I don't know where things are going to land, and just allow ourselves to get absolutely sucked into and absorbed into that space, or, or we can recognize that God's grace is there for us in those moments. And that it's his grace that we can lean on and lean into during these times. And so often I believe that as we consider God's grace, we, we more often than not, we consider his grace as this, this thing that comes and, and covers or removes sin. And yes, it's there for that. But I'm a firm believer in the fact that God's grace is there for us far more not just for the removal or the covering of our sins. No, I believe that God's grace, a, a, a huge part of what God's grace is actually for, is that it's there to teach us. It's there to teach us. It's there to teach us how to love. Um, the lead singer of the band Audio Slave, uh, Chris Cornell, he he penned these words in, in the chorus of one of their greatest hits where he said, Nails in the hands of my creator, you gave me life, now show me how to live. And I believe that, that Chris's words echo where so many of our lives are at most of the time. You've given me this life, will you show me how to live? And I believe that that is where the grace of God comes and steps into your life and into my life, and comes and teaches us how to live. Now, I'm not the first person who <laughs> said that or thought that. It was the Apostle Paul writing to a friend of his, one of his, one of his apprentices, a man by the name of Titus. And as Paul's writing to Titus, he speaks into this because Paul also recognizes that, man, we can get hung up on our fears or we can try and tap into faith in God. That, that we have this response moment where I can respond in faith as opposed to fear because I'm responding to him instead of me. You see, me, I, I lead my, my thinking, my mindsets, they, they lead me into some pretty dark and negative spaces. Anyone? Anyone? That's me. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. We'll have a support group afterwards. <laughs> but that's the truth, is that, is that the reality is that our thinking leads us into the most gnarly of places sometimes. And as a result, this fear tends to grip our hearts. But you see, when I'm willing to replace my thinking with God's thinking, it changes everything. And that's what Paul speaks into here when, when, when he, he speaks to us and says that we should allow God's grace to step into that space and teach us. Here's what he says. He says, for the grace of God that brings salvation 
has appeared to all men. So I quickly want to stop there. So we've seen there. The grace of God that leads to salvation. Okay? So there we go. Covering of sin. Doing away with sin. Grace of God. There it is. It's appeared to all men. And he carries on. He says this. Teaching us. Teaching us. And there's that line. That God's grace comes and teaches us. Now you might be going, Ramon, you have not read the whole scripture. So you could just be nitpicking here. You're right. Let's carry on. He says this. He says, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Babe, can you grab my water? Some of you are thinking, you should have just stopped there teaching us, Ramon. Um, like that, that's where we should have stopped because the, the, like it got quite wild after that. Um, now, this isn't a translation. Thanks, babe. This isn't a translation that I would normally um, preach out of uh, just because oftentimes the, the language can be quite hard to understand. However, I felt like the, the, the New King James just has certain elements that it highlights within this portion of Scripture that I believe are crucial to you and to me. Ultimately, what Paul is saying here is that the grace of God does two things in our lives. Exactly what we mentioned earlier. It brings salvation and it teaches us. It brings salvation and it teaches us. So it brings salvation. We know that we are saved by grace through faith, not by works that any of us could pretend like we have it all together. No, it's a free gift that we receive from God. And all we have to do in the process is say yes. But then it does a second thing. And, and God's grace comes and it teaches us. It teaches us. What does it teach us? It teaches us two things, once again. It teaches us to what to walk away from and what to walk towards, or we can say what to focus on. So it teaches us what to walk away from and what to focus on. What are the things that it teaches us to walk away from? In here, he says, ungodliness and worldly lusts. Again, Big words can be quite scary if it's your first day in church. Welcome. So good to have you here with us. Um, all that it means is the things that I would do, the behaviors, the thinking, all of those things that, that would cause damage between me and God or me and my friend, me and my neighbor, me and someone else. That is really ungodliness, <laughs> When it, when, it comes to, when it comes to worldly lusts, let's be honest, so often we want to gravitate to the big ones. We want to gravitate towards like, like sexual immorality and greed and murder and those sorts of things. But I think so often in these moments, we can tend to, to miss things like fear, things like mistrust. You might be going, geez, Ramon, that might be a bit harsh. We're all there. We're all there. We all have moments where fear grips our hearts. We're all in a space where we allow that to kind of 
wrestle inside of us to the point where we end up being in a space of mistrust, where, where, we, where we struggle to either trust someone who's broken our trust, or as we've kind of spoken through at the start of this year, even mistrust with regards to our relationship with God. But at the end of the day, we need to allow God's grace in, in those moments when fear wants to come in, when mistrust wants to come in. And that's what Paul's really outlining here is gravitate away from these things. But here's the thing is that it's one thing gravitating away from something. It's one thing, it's one thing quitting something. But now what's happened? <laughs> There's just a void. There's just this empty space. And empty spaces always get filled. So we need to come, and, and, and what Paul's directing us to do here is to come and fill that empty space with focusing on something very specific. So he says that, yes, God's grace teaches us to walk away from certain things, but then it also teaches us to focus on certain things. And what does he say we should focus on? He says that we should focus on living soberly. Living soberly. What's he talking about there? He's saying we need to allow God to come and address our thinking. To come and change the way we think. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with an inebriated person? Isn't that fun? I mean, you can learn a whole lot about the whole world in just that one little conversation. Normally they aren't so little. Um, and the truth is that so often... Our fear and, 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 and this picture that we might have of the future that comes and jacks with our minds, it comes and messes with our minds to the degree that we're not thinking soberly, but that we're thinking from a point of a very broken mindset. And here Paul is saying, no, 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 don't get sucked into that. I want you to come and I want you to love soberly. In other words, allow God to start changing the way you think. Secondly, he says um, that God's grace comes and teaches us how to live righteously. Again, big word. What does it mean? It just means in right standing. And within a, within a, a, a biblical worldview, it means to, to live in right standing with God. To live in right standing with God. That means that I allow God to come and transform my thinking so much that it starts to affect the way that I behave. That it starts to affect the way that I actually physically live. So I, I live soberly and then I live righteously. And then he goes on to say that, it also, that God's grace also comes and teaches us to live godly in this present age. Some older language there for us to work through. And all that that means is right now. Right now. That we shouldn't wait for one day for this to happen. No, we have the opportunity right here, right now, to engage with God's thinking that will filter through our lives into His kind of living. And again, I want to say this. We're not looking for behavior modification, we're looking for heart transformation. We're not looking, see, I can, I can behave nicely, but I can still be pretty rotten inside. I've gained nothing. 
People just think I'm a nice guy. That's like putting makeup on a pig. No. No, I want what's going on in here to not be dead, but to be alive and well and strong. So right here, right now, it's available for us. And then he says this. He says, God's grace is also there to teach us, catch this line, looking for the hope in Jesus. That his grace teaches us to look for the hope in Jesus. I wonder how many of us, day in and day out, go into certain situations with that intention. You, you, you hear, you driving down the road and you see the little things on the lampposts, all the, all the highlights. Sometimes you think they're the lowlights. And as you read them, you're like this flippin' country. These blankety-blank leaders, how on earth, or what the hell, and then you keep thinking that and it feels like you're living in it. But the bottom line is this, guys and ladies, as we engage with that stuff, how are we looking at it? What is the intent in which we look at what's going on around us? What we read on social media, what we see in the news, the conversations we may have at work. The, 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 the relational conflicts that we may be struggling with as we speak. How often do you go into those with the intent, with the intent of looking for the hope in Jesus? And that's not some fruitcake pie in the sky stuff. That's super practical. That's me looking at the mess that I've got in front of me and going, Lord, if you could redeem this mess, then you can redeem this mess. If there's hope for my life from where I come from, then there's hope for this situation. Or maybe you're not sure that there's hope for your life. And as you start looking for the hope in Jesus, you will start seeing his hope for your life. For me, this was like a, a, a massive eye-opener as I read this, this line. Do we love, do we love looking for the hope that is in Jesus? And again, it was, it was Paul the Apostle, and I've, I've already spoken through this Scripture once before this year, but I just feel like it's such a good reminder for us constantly to look at, at, at where he speaks to, to the church in Rome. And he just says to them, he says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. No. Be, let, let God transform you. Let him transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. Again, it's starting with that sober living that steps into us living righteously with God, in right standing with Him. He carries on here and he says, he says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And as I read that line, for me, that sounds like looking for the hope that is in Jesus. 
See, guys and ladies, each time we check the news, each time we check social media, each time we open up an email, whatever it may be, we are absolutely bombarded with competing messages for your mind and for your life, for my mind and for my life. I look at my son Zion this morning. He came and jumped in the shower with me before church. And, um, and as I'm standing there, I'm watching my boy shower. And as I'm watching his actions in the shower, I'm like, holy smokes, that's me. That little guy showered with me for the first time when he was three days old. And he's been showering with me ever since. <laughs> and as I look at that little guy, where he washes himself, how he washes himself, his little mannerisms in the shower, I'm like, do I really look like that? But I do, I know it. He copies me from A to B. And I believe that just as my son copies me, probably unconsciously, because he's just viewed me for all these years and has adapted all my mannerisms, good, bad, ugly, all that stuff, he now does it. I believe in the same manner, that's what Paul is speaking into here when it comes to your relationship with God and my relationship with God. Is that when it comes to, to, to the way we think, that Paul encourages us to copy the thinking of our heavenly father the way that a child would copy his father in everyday life. You may be thinking to yourself, yes, Ramon, that's, that seems a, a, a bit tough. But here's the, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Is that Jesus said this. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So as I'm engaging with God, as I'm engaging with his heart for me, how do I do that? I just talk to him. I just talk to him. Sometimes I keep quiet and I, I just wait for things to like happen in my own heart. and Maybe it's a thought that pops up or whatever it may be. And I believe that that's how God comes and speaks to you and comes to speak to me. And that through that process, like heart conditions start to change. Thinking starts to change. And I start to behave like my dad. Why? Because I'm spending time with my dad. You may be thinking to yourself, Ramon, I hope that you got something a little more practical for me today than just that. Let's get practical. Let's get practical this morning. As you consider the upcoming events in your life right now, I don't know what they are, but whatever it is, Whatever it is that where you may be grappling with a bit of a bit of uncertainty. Here are just two practices that you can follow in these moments. The first one is this is do not linger in the future because fear sprouts up like mushrooms when you hang out there. Think about that for a moment. Do not linger in the future. Do not, do not hang out in a future that can scare the heck out of you because you have no clue what will or won't happen. 
And when we think too far down the line, I'm not saying don't have plans, have plans, but don't hang out there. Don't make that your, your living space. You are right here, right now. This is where you should be living. Hopefully everyone here this morning is actually here. Don't hang out in the future for too long because it has the possibility to grip your heart with fear. That's why this line says here, because fear sprouts up like mushrooms when you hang out there. Anyone knows how mushrooms grow? Yeah, in poo in the dark. Isn't that true? No one wants to hang out there. No one wants to camp out there. Don't. Don't. What did Jesus say about that? Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own troubles. I've got you. When it comes to your tomorrow, I've got you. You can trust me. The second second thing, uh, the second step that we can take is this, is to include God in any picture of the future that comes to mind. So instead of creating our own future in in our minds, as that future wants to come and, 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 and connect with our thinking, we just go, you know what, Lord, I'd like to invite you into my thinking of the future. I want to invite you into this picture that I'm seeing right now. You know, whether that picture looks like the sound of music or whether that picture looks like Nightmare on Elm Street, we invite Jesus into that picture. And we say, Lord, will you come and be a part of this picture Come and paint it, come and create it the way that you see it. This step carries on and it says, this mental discipline does not come easily because, and catch this line, because you are accustomed to being God of your own fantasies. Isn't it true that we are God of our own fantasies? In other words, we are in control of our own fantasies. If I wanted to go left, it'll go left. If I wanted to go right, it'll go right. Up, it'll go up. Down, it'll go down. Forward, backwards. Wherever I wanted to go, it'll go. (coughs) Excuse me. So I can remain God of my own fantasies, or I can allow Jesus to come and be God of my reality. And that's the choice that we sit with. Day in and day out, guys and ladies. And still, this might just um, seem a little uh, like a step too far for most of us. How do I do this, Ramon? Seriously, this just, if you knew what was going on in my mind 90% of the time, I believe that again, Paul writing to The church in Ephesus, he really communicates God's heart for you and for me. He says this, he says, now all glory to God. All glory to God who is able. All glory to God who is able. You struggling with your thinking? Invite Jesus into that picture. Ramana, it's so hard to, hey. God is able, just invite him in. God is able, just invite him in. It says, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. If you're a Jesus follower here today and you've invited Jesus into your life, he's at work in you. 
And He's able to help you along this journey to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. This morning, as we just come and consider what we've spoken about, I'm going to ask that you just grab your communion elements. This morning, we've spoken very openly about just allowing God into, into a picture that we, that we might have of the future. This, this, this picture that, um, that might be void of Him, that might be disturbing to us. <laughs> and to this morning, to just take some active steps, to just go, Lord, this morning, I, I want to surrender my thinking to you. That picture that I have of the future, I want to I give it to you. I want to give it to you. I want to ask you that with your grace, with your grace, will you come and teach me how to live? With your grace, will you come and teach me how to think in these moments? With your grace, will you come and, and show me what it looks like to surrender this thinking and this life to you wholeheartedly? And it might even be that, that you're here this morning for the very first time, and it's the first time that you're even contemplating going in this direction. Man, you're in the right place. You, you might be here this morning, and you may have been walking with Jesus for 40 years, but if you're honest, you've never been able to fully release this thing to God. You've, you've never been fully able to just surrender your thinking to God. It's like this battlefield that, that is relentless. This morning, no matter which end of the spectrum you find yourself on, I believe Jesus looks at you and He looks at me and He says, I am here for you. I am here for you and I am the God who is able. So this morning, what qualifies you to take communion? Does it mean that you are a part of or a member of this church? Not at all. If you have a relationship with Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, then this morning you are qualified to come and have communion with us. This morning, as we seal what we've spoken through with communion, in those moments where you just feel completely overwhelmed by the thoughts that are coming at you, with the thoughts that you're wrestling through, and you just need God to, to come and, and teach you through His grace. And I've got a very simple little prayer up on the screen that you can just repeat in those moments. Very simple. Jesus, Please help me. Jesus, please help me. See, Scripture tells us that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's in that moment that He comes with His grace and He saves us. That it's in that moment that He comes with His grace and He leads us. That His salvation isn't limited to a moment but that it's extended for a lifetime of teaching us how to live. So this week, when you're in a moment where you just feel like, man, my thinking's getting the better of me, stop right there and then 
in your own mind and just pray, Jesus, please help me. And I believe with all my heart as he promises that he will. So as you've got your little wafer, this morning we come and as Jesus' body was broken for us, as he came and surrendered his life for us, gave up his life for us. So this morning we come and we surrender our lives to him. We come and give him our all, our good, our bad, and our ugly. And we say, Lord Jesus, please help me. Lord Jesus, as we eat this, we do this in remembrance of you. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us. Lord, we thank you that your word says that, that by every stripe on your body, we were healed. We thank you right now that you come and, and heal bodies that are in desperate need of being healed, Lord. That you come and heal situations that are in desperate need of being healed. But at the same time, Lord, I thank you that you come and heal thinking this morning that needs your intervention please come and help me and as we drink this lord we drink this in remembrance of you jesus throughout this week i want to encourage you take the time pray this prayer pray many other prayers speak to your heavenly father hang out with him let him rub off on you. And as you do, allow his grace to teach you how to live, how to live soberly, how to live righteously, how to do that right here and right now, constantly looking for the hope that is in Jesus. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.